0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Not Angry Black Men. My name is Alan Witt. I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. But this is a three-headed monster. We've got with us my good buddy Justice B. Hill in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you doing today, Justice? I'm doing well, Alan. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And we've also got new, when well, he started last week, but he's still a rookie, we've got <laughs> Gary Estwick. In Clarksville, Tennessee, how's it going, Gary?
1: I'm not mad. I'm just slightly perturbed, kind of like a bad a bad haircut on a Friday. Oh, sorry, you guys, haircut. Sorry, touchy subject. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Sorry. Never mind. Let's move
0: on. Yeah, let's move on. I did have here at one point. Remember that big Afro I had, Justice? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. it was huge. It was huge. Yes. Well, folks, we do this every week just three uh, black guys sitting around chatting about what's going on, what's relevant to black people and anyone else who cares to listen. Just like we're sitting in the backyard, fixing some barbecue, just talking. Today, we're gonna talk about two subjects. We're gonna talk about the new select committee that that Nancy Pelosi uh, scheduled today. And uh, also we're gonna talk about Joe Biden's infrastructure deal. So we're going to start off with Nancy Pelosi and the the select committee that was established to investigate the January 6th insurrection. And that's what it was, an insurrection, folks. It wasn't tourists just going through the Capitol. So folks, what do you think, either one of you, about this select committee? Alan, you know, one of the things I wonder is
2: why did it take so long? I mean, she wanted a committee. And once you realize you were gonna get the committee, she had the power to, 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 to do this panel all along, just bring a panel together. But it's been four weeks since the Republicans uh, blocked the commission. And I kinda think the, the more distance you put between stuff, the foggier some people's memories might get. I mean, look how quite hot we were about the insurrection on November 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Well, now it's almost July. And other issues have come up. I mean, don't you, I mean, Gary, what what are your your thoughts? Do you think they've taken too long and it's lost momentum?
1: You know, I, I, I see why you would think that and I can mostly agree with that. But what happened on January 6th is not gonna dissipate anytime soon. You could argue you could argue, Justice, that it was better for America to have a little space after that, to have time to soak up and sit back and say, what really happened? And get out of the the surrealness, uh, and when I say surrealness, I'm probably being nice, best case scenario being surreal, worst case scenario, just trying to pretend it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think having, you know, if it took an extra few weeks, a couple of months uh, for this to come together, Hey, in the in the course of history, that's not going to impact us. Well, my, my my question, to my, my question for you, Alan. What do you th- do? You think the right people will pay attention to the results that come out of this panel?
0: Well, that is going to be an issue. Well, before I get to that, uh, I I do want to say, you know, no matter when they would do this, I'm happy to see it being done. I'm tired of Republicans trying to sweep things under the rug. I'm tired of Republicans sitting around saying that this was not an insurrection. Well, we're gonna prove that it was an insurrection. And no matter if we do this in July of 2021 or July of 2022, history cannot, history and the facts cannot be covered up. So I am happy to see that But I do kind of agree with you that, um, uh, you know, who's going to pay attention to it? The same people who wanted this will agree with it. And the same people who didn't agree with it are going to still say the same thing. So we've got a long road to hold here to get to where we need to be, where people understand that this is real and what happened was uh, Donald Trump's fault. To be blunt about it.
2: Well, I mean, there's no question it was Donald Trump's fault, but that doesn't mean that we can just solely put all of this because he's not going to be prosecuted. The question I have is, you know, why did we take? <laughs> this is a criminal case, and they could have they could have paneled a grand jury. They could have done all the things necessary. Congress didn't have to if they didn't have the votes and they well they got 54 votes but they needed 60 to break the filibuster but 54 at least it shows some bipartisan effort on the part of 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 the Senate but the house you, you can't just keep kicking the can down the road on these issues as i said we're a society that our attention span isn't as long as I, as I, as i think you guys are trying to give it credit for we're moving on to other issues and one of the ones we'll talk about in a minute there are things that are more pressing, uh, especially as the country tries to get back to normal. And and that's a, a big part of what all of this is about is getting back to normal and what will that new normal look like?
1: Uh, that's a good point, Justice. You know, I, I speaking of normal, this is probably one of the best examples of my lifetime that helped me understand history a little bit better. Because you see things that have have occurred in past decades, past centuries, and you wonder how did it come to be? And and, And what I mean by that is how did, how is it possible that some people don't believe there was a Holocaust? Why is it some people don't understand why there was a civil war? Why is it some people don't get why living, surviving during Jim, Jim Crow was so difficult for certain groups of people in this country. And I think moments like this give that give, help me understand, because you have people that whitewash history and it happens really small to start, and then it branches out. And this is a great example. I think this period here, those people that have selective amnesia, uh, pay attention to what you want to pay attention to and I'll blame the rest on something else. So that, that that's for, from the perspective of, uh, of someone that doesn't follow politics every day, I could see where this is so important for people.
2: I would say, and you're right for the people who don't follow politics every day and those black people who don't, you know, I'm troubled by that because this is a important time in our, in our, in our, in our lives as, as people of color in the United States, that we need to be mindful of what's happening around us. Uh, we can't just be go through our lives as if you know this racism doesn't exist because it does. We see that whenever we see uh, 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 TV rep- uh or uh, 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 video of January sixth. I mean, that's all about us and what. These uh, insurrectionists were trying to do to remake America, to make America white again. Uh, I mean, that's what we see in front of us, you know, coming at us in Technicolor. People trying to say that we don't matter, that they can do whatever they want to. Uh, and what can we do? What what we what we can do is what Congress is doing now. What Congress should have done, as I said weeks ago. And that is set up a committee, panel, call it whatever you want to, and say, we're gonna look at this and see what happens. See what was the what were the root issues behind this? Alan mentioned Donald Trump. Okay, it was Donald Trump, but it, it was more than Trump. I mean, there are a lot of crazy things that have happened, but who are the other players in this that that that, that brought all these people to DC and said, hey, let's do this on behalf of Donald Trump? Without mind you, nobody stepping in on the part of the FBI and other police agencies to stop it beforehand. We should be troubled by that.
1: Well, do you guys get the sense that that this, that there's no coincidence that this news comes out hours after the infrastructure bill? Basically, that if Democrats and the and the Biden administration Tackle this issue as hard uh, as justice thinks they should, and many other Americans think they should. That it 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 impacts other issues that are on the agenda of uh, of uh, of Democrats.
0: No, I don't. Uh, I don't think that. Um, I you know this to me is something that's separate from everything else. Uh, I would hate to include an insurrection uh, into uh, the other things going on in this country that involve everybody else. Um, The insurrection was a crime. And I think the select committee will prove that. And everything else is politics, even though it's politics that they don't want to investigate this, but it was a criminal effort. And I hope that that's what comes out of it. So I I can't compare that to anything else that Congress has going forward, because this was a crime.
2: I agree with Alan on that one, Gary. Um, I mean, what happened on the other end in the Senate, uh, in the House, seems not to connect with what happened on January 6th. I mean, keep in mind, we had five people kill, 140 police officers were, were injured. I mean, those are real numbers. Those are real numbers. And uh, and they investigated civil rights actions in the 60s and 70s, when a whole lot fewer of police officers were, were, were injured. I mean, a lot of black people in some cities, I mean, some cities, I mean, far more than five people were killed. Uh, but some of the smaller uh, race riots in the, in the 60s, you know, a handful of people were killed, a lot were injured and things like that, but it wasn't. But those weren't insurrections. Those were real riots. <laughs> and there's, there's a difference between, and that's what troubles me a little bit, that you see a lot of the newspapers still refer to this. The Washington Post did it uh, in an article today, but they do it quite a bit. They refer to this as a riot. This was yes, loosely, it was a riot, but that seems to say that this is an unimportant issue. When you say it's a riot, a riot isn't the same as an insurrection. A riot isn't the same as treason. A riot is protest when you know you can't eat at a, a lunch counter in South Carolina, in North Carolina, and you react to to that. This is nothing like that. This is trying to overthrow our republic. And those are, those are two different things to, to look at. It's the language that we use we need to be mindful of as well, I think.
0: Well, you know, that's always been the case in this country, you know, where they try and paint it, uh, you know, they'll, they'll change words around to make it suit whatever they want. In, in, in my mind, the insurrection, and that's the only thing I'm going to call it, the insurrection... Uh, There are two things that have happened in my lifetime that really just bothered me to the core, and that was 9-11 and this insurrection. And to me, they're similar efforts. But because it was white Americans, they don't want to paint it in in that vein. They want to keep it separate when, in my mind, they were equally bad. Even though the death toll from 9 11 was more tremendous, when you talk about taking down a republic, which is what they were trying to do, there's nothing worse than that. Even if there were no deaths, the attempt to take over the federal government is horrific.
2: Yeah, it, it may be, but Al, how do you explain the Republicans not willing to at least look at it? Did you, uh, there's a, uh... A quote by House uh, Minority Leader, Kevin McCarty, who said, I'm sure it will be political because that's the whole way that she's handled it. Talk about Pelosi. Political. I mean, all they ask for is to look at it. There's no politics there. Let's just put this panel, bipartisan panel, she a commission that she was striving for initially, to just look, to keep, to try to figure out what happened to keep this from happening again. That's all she was asking for. If you can't investigate a crime, what, why do you exist?
0: Anything that paints Republicans in a negative light, whether it's truth or not, they're going to be against. They're not concerned about right. They're concerned about winning and they'll do anything to, that it takes
1: to win. I'll, I'll well, Alan, ahead. if you say that, if you say that, you can't go into things saying it's not politics involved. You can't have it both ways. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm agreeing with, with, with what you said. The, the facts the facts show us that. That being said, if you are a, a, a member of Congress, you have to, whether it's a crime or just something else, it's politics, whether you like it or not.
2: I think that, and I agree with Gary on that one, I think that this was a chance for the Republicans to say, let's distance ourselves from Donald Trump. Keep in mind, we haven't heard a lot about from Donald Trump in a, in a while. That's good. And those people who are who are hoping to ride his coattails to wherever it takes them, uh, this is a chance for the true Republicans to say, this is not where we want to be as, as as a party. Now, I don't know where they want to be Uh, Because I agree with Alan, there there are too many looney tunes there to to make me say, oh, they'll do the right thing. But there are some right-minded Republicans who will say, yes, let's do this. Let's, Let's explore what happened, because there's no good that could come from overthrowing this government. That's a bad thing, from where I sit. Now, maybe some rich Republicans don't think so, but, you know, that's on them.
1: You know, uh, earlier Alan said some uh, uh, two moments that shook his life that really bothered him. I'll add a third one when Ricky from uh, uh, Boys in the Hood got got shot in the back. That really that really troubled me for quite a while. So I'm still I'm still trying to get over that. Still trying to get over that. So.
0: I forgot about that. When you get to be my age, you kind of forget things. Uh, uh, uh,
2: that that didn't traumatize me. I'm sorry. There, 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 there are Other things that have traumatized me.
1: I mean, uh, he was drinking milk. He was doing milk. pushups. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. he had a fine girlfriend. He had yeah. a, little, a little kid who was taking care of. I mean, that was. I mean, he was trying to do the right thing, man. Man, he was trying to do the right thing.
2: Yeah, and just like the Democrats are trying to do the right thing here, the Republicans just won't let them which is what this conversation was, uh, is about, is that we have to stop looking for bipartisanship when that's not possible. What can you do in the space that you're in? And Pelosi figured out what she could do, and she always had the power to do that, is to set up a committee and say, hey, we'll look into it. Republicans, you don't want to be on it, that's fine. We're reported. There are enough outside investigators, if they wanted to, that they could bring in and say,
1: hey, look into this. And
2: tell us what happened. <laughs> I, feel
1: like, <laughs> I, I feel like there's got to be something between honey and vinegar. I'm not, I'm not saying vinegar is what, is what they need. Not saying that. Not saying it's not. But honey is certainly not working when it comes to negotiating back and forth, politicking. There's got to be something in between where we're going to do this with or without you. We're going to do it with or without you.
2: Well, what is it in between Gary when uh, when Mitch McConnell and, and Kevin McCarty are saying that they don't wanna work with you? I mean, there is no in between. I mean, you pick off the ones that that, that aren't afraid to look at reality and say, what we see isn't what these people who are delusional see. So here's, here's where we see, here's the issues that we see and we're gonna talk about those issues. We're not gonna talk about fake news. We're not gonna talk about you know stolen elections. We're gonna talk about a reality that's right in front of us and we're going to address it. And right in front of us, as I said, in technicolor, was that January 6th insurrection? Is every bit as clear, and Alan pointed this out as 9/11 when those planes hit the uh hit the twin towers, those will always be visible, visible and and the minds of certain people, people of a certain age. I don't know about the kid who was born in uh, in 2010, what he'll be thinking about in, in, in 2030, 2035, 2040, because that's not a vision that he'll ever see, but his parents will still see it.
0: You mm-hmm. know, um, as an American, I always thought the back my mind that sooner or later, our enemies were going to attack us. So 9-11, that was that time. And and I believe that sometime in history, someone else is going to actually attack us on our ground. Usually America is fighting someplace else, but that was a time where it was on our ground. Now the insurrection, I never, ever would have thought that that fight was gonna come from within. You always thought someone else was gonna come here and do this, but your own citizens trying to take over the federal government, that just shocked the heck out of me. Well,
2: I guess I'm less concerned because of some of the things that have happened between them. You remember the uh, vigilante group out in Portland when the, when the federal government tried to kick them off the land they were willing to fight to preserve land that they didn't have a right, if it's federal land, but they were using it to graze, they weren't gonna give it up. You know, I, I, I've never given a pass to, to uh, conservatives in terms of what they're willing to do to change the course of this country, to revisit uh, uh, Jim Crow, if you will, to revisit some of the things, to pretend that those things that happened, the world that they live in is what it is. And so I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm not where you're at on that one, Alan, because I, I've always I always have feared that something from within, particularly white people who feel, I mean, that, that, that their color will be less important, and it is because the country is becoming darker and darker, and they're trying to they're trying to protect what they have. Uh, that doesn't shock me at all.
1: One thing that I think has been interesting to see in recent years, there are a lot of talks that whether whether there it's conversations about a stolen election. Um, I, let's just I'll just use that as an example, and of course the what happened at, on January sixth, that these rumors are breaking news comes out and over time uh different members of the media uh quash these rumors and then the the their originators just dissipate and move on to something else what i think is going to be interesting with this panel as justice mentioned you know so much of this is recorded on video video is not going anywhere that uh what you know there are antifa uh, storming the Capitol. It was Black Lives Matter. Um, the facts. I, I certainly hope, uh, you know, as, as, as an American, as a journalist, the facts will come out. And I think it's a it's a the perfect time to uh, for those to be accountable uh, that misled the American public. Uh, that that's something that we haven't had. As much as as much as I think any of us would like, a lot of times people just throw out uh, information that isn't true, um, and there is no consequence for it. I I hope I hope that they will this will be different. Well, well, it
2: won't be it won't be it will be different if we can get if we can keep Donald Trump silenced. If we can keep him from using the megaphone of Twitter and and uh, Facebook from getting out there and and, and, and telling more lies. Uh, because I think you build on those lies and you tell them enough, and you're loud enough, you scream loudly enough that people start to believe your vision of the world. Let I me mean, just think about it. We've talked about this before, before you got on the program, uh, Gary, last week, that 70-some, I think we may have mentioned it last week, 70-some million people Voted for Donald Trump, despite what we know about it, despite what they knew about it. Those people didn't, it wasn't so much, I think, anti-Democrat, and I mean, maybe certainly there were, there were some of that, but you were getting a reasonable candidate in Joe Biden versus this lunatic, this narcissist on, on, on whatever his political spectrum is that peddled in fiction. And that should that should have worried all of us. But 70, it didn't worry seventy four million people.
1: It, of course it didn't. The way it's been described from some people that I, I I've experienced that voted for uh Donald Trump both times. Um he's like a boyfriend, a really bad boyfriend who commits crime, who is a, a horrible, um a horrible father to his kids. Um who uh, can't keep a job, but he's good to you. <laughs> he, they know everything. They know all those things. True example, true example. Uh, I, I, somebody that I knew who was uh, a, a, a millionaire. Uh, he said, I, I know he's an asshole, but I, you know, I'm trying to get a break on my estate tax. So if he's doing good for you, if it's, you know, and you have this belief that, oh, what he's doing is not impacting me. I, I understand it. I don't have to agree with it to understand it.
0: That is the Republican way. Always has been <laughs> and always will be. Well, folks, that was the, uh, uh, we're going to move on to the that second. That's
2: a nice segue, actually, to uh, our next topic, which is the
0: infrastructure bill. Uh, absolutely. Today, President Joe Biden uh announced that he agreed to a deal with a bipartisan group of senators. Uh, I have two concerns about this we'll get to. Uh, Gary, what do you think of No, this? no, no, no. You're going to give us your two concerns. Oh, you want my two concerns? Drop Absolutely. It. Okay, here's my biggest concern, okay? Well, number one, when I saw the video where they came out and talked, when I saw Joe Manchin there, it concerned me. Because Joe Manchin is going to take this and see and say, "See, I told you so." When there are bigger, there are a lot that that is a big issue, the infrastructure. But there are other things as well, especially for us. But Joe Manchin is going to hold that up, and these voting rights that are being taken away across the country. Every time I think of uh, of uh, Joe Manchin, it upsets me. I'm president of the I Hate Joe Manchin (laughs) Club. The other thing that concerns me, this is half, half of what Joe Biden wanted from when he unveiled his plan back in March. Now, it's just like anything else. If you've got $20 and someone takes $10 away from you and you only have $10, that means you can only buy $10 worth of goods. So this $1.2 trillion deal that should have been $2.25 million is going to come up short in my eyes and we're still going to have some of the same problems we've always had with infrastructure in this country.
2: I guess my point, I can't dispute the point that you made. But what I also know is this is the best they could do. And until we do a better job of uh, putting electing more people to the house and senate i was i was shocked that it get, that it that it got over a a trillion republicans were talking 900 some uh, billion dollars but we got 1.2 trillion but look at what we got we got physical in- infrastructure roads bridges rail and broadband internet we got water sewer pipes we got electrical vehicles we got we got a commitment to what, to me, one of the most most important things is a commitment to trains. We're finally going to, I think as a country, make a commitment to having a rail system that functions like it does in some countries, like it does in China and Japan and, and Europe, finally. And I think that's something to be applauded.
1: I, I think it's interesting. It's really easy if you live in a metropolitan city to forget the gap with technology that still exists in this country. It's really easy because you expect Wi-Fi everywhere. You expect high-speed internet in a lot of places. And I can tell you, I've traveled some places um, in the South and this is not a Southern problem only. This is is a, a problem across this country. You can't get internet a lot of places. I think we also have this expectation. I will be honest. I think I do. I know I do that. I kind of expect everyone to have a laptop or some type of computer, right? Yeah. There are a lot of families in this country that do not have computers. Yes. You can do a lot of stuff on your phone. Absolutely. We know that, but technology has not reached everybody in this country in 2021. And that's so. So I love the idea of improving broadband across this country, and of course the uh, you know updating the updating this nation's uh, lead led service lines and pipes. I I, I somebody's got to do it.
2: What one of the things I think that we're forgetting about too, Alan, <laughs> is Biden was able to do this without raising taxes, and that was a concern. That's always been a concern of Republicans. Uh, I thought he was going to raise the tax on gasoline. I thought he was gonna raise the uh, corporate tax rate as well. He didn't do any of that. Republicans oppose those kinds of things. And how's he gonna raise it? By being, making the government more efficient, making the IRS uh, more uh, uh, diligent about tax enforcement, to keep these people who are making millions and millions of dollars of, 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 not, pay, of not paying their fair share.
0: No, i can't i can't argue with that um I still would have liked to have seen more because and i i, I applaud what he got i applaud that there's no taxes no, no new taxes from this but I'm looking down the road i'm I'm looking at the future this is uh, to me this is just a starting point Absolutely. I ain't gonna say that he is, uh, you know, working on some other things, and he's going to get what he wants. But we will see if that that happens with the disconnect in the Senate. You know, I hate to be pessimistic about things, but uh, you know, I've lived this life too long, and I've seen too much politics where something is said and something was supposed to be, and then it, it and then it never ended up happening. You talk about uh, how far away. Uh, we are from the insurrection and how, you know, some people are already starting to forget or or mellow out about it. Well, you know, I see the same thing happening with this, uh, where, you know, people will applaud this now. And how many times have you seen that with the government, where where something looks good at that moment, and then the next thing you know, down the road, nothing happens because of it. That's what concerns me. Yeah, but again, you're forgetting that unless he got those Republicans
2: on, he had to give them something. He couldn't go there and be stuck at the, at the still 2.4 billion that he was going for. That was going nowhere because he would have had to raise taxes to get that money. My thing is, as, a, as you said, is that he can do more later. But one of the things that we know that this bill will do, it's gonna create jobs. It's gonna be create a lot of good paying jobs for people who didn't go to college, who all they have is a strong back and a will to work. This is this is our uh, 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 public works program from the 1930s. I think this is good for us on so many different levels, but because it's doing work that needs to be done, is it enough? Yes, I would like it to have been for for it to have been 2.4 trillion, but I'm glad they got this passed, uh, or it looks like they're going to get it passed because that's a, that's a good starting point for. Uh, to produce the kinds of changes, brick and mortar changes that we need in this country, we're falling apart. I,
1: I definitely believe this is baby steps. The thing I, I like about this, that I think that I think is plays in favor of the Biden administration is. So the days before, well, months before the 2020 election and months after, I spent a lot of time. I probably watched more Fox News than I ever had. Uh, you know, I like to get different I like to get different opinions. I like to hear what other people are, are, are talking about, where they're coming from. And the main message, the main message I heard from conservative media uh, besides stolen election, put that aside for a second, was, Biden's going to be out of there in three months or less. <laughs> They're holding him up like, like Weekend and Bernie's. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and, and here comes the VP Harris. I think the longer that Biden shows strength, he doesn't have to accomplish everything in his first 90 days. I think this is a different kind of we're coming off a different kind of election where this is a different kind of presidency, a different time in this country. I think as the months go on, his presidency has has a chance to get stronger because you say, okay, this is not just a, you know, a few weeks, a, 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 a couple of months. So in that way, I agree with justice. Yeah, this was a starting point. I think it's something that the administration can and hopefully the Democrats can build on
2: one of the building things that needs to happen, in my opinion, is that we have to tax the rich uh, in a different way. We can't be afraid of not taxing them. I mean, everybody's concerned, well, we can't tax the rich because they're doing all this and doing all that. Those are the people that we should be taxing. Those are the people who can afford to pay taxes. We should be paying less they should be paying more and that's one of the things that the republicans insisted on they wouldn't budge on that they don't want they don't want to tax the corporations they don't want to tax the wealthy so i mean we're stuck as i said with a position of how are we going to get this money to get us to 2.4 trillion dollars well i don't know how we're going to do it 1.2 trillion biden has a plan for that and and uh i think it's a good plan but uh, again we have another hugely expensive project that's on the horizon and that is how to fund climate climate change uh, uh, uh in this country this bill doesn't address that at all
0: yeah uh climate change is uh, big on my list of uh things that need to be uh you know dealt with uh, and as someone who has a grandson, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking ahead, you know, to that. You know, obviously, you know, things are changing, um, but they haven't changed to the point uh, where it's going to impact me long term. But I got to worry about my grandson and my great grandson and my, you know, great granddaughter, you know, all of all of those. So. Uh, you, you're right. This this uh, is a, a a starting point, and it does show, uh, you know, as I said in, in in one way that bipartisanship can work on some things, but there's so much more that I believe is not going to work on, and that just troubles me. As I said, when I saw Joe Manchin there, I just shook my uh, head had this smile on his face uh, where he was thinking, "See, I told you so." And it's not so, Joe. It's not so, Gary. We know what Alan thinks about Joe Manchin,
2: right? He he he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna vote for Joe Manchin for president. I'm
1: sorry. He he is no Joe Manchin fans, not no. at all.
0: No. Well, I hope you guys aren't either, because you know here's a guy who, you know, you know if you're, how can you? If I'm any place, just. And I've got 49 of my colleagues saying something, or in this case, 48 because of cinema, you got 48 people and then you're gonna hold things up yourself. That's wrong. No matter where you're at, no matter how you cut it, that is wrong. I would never do that. And for him, to put the Democratic Party in jeopardy, which is what he's doing, is just downright wrong, nasty, silly, stupid, whatever you want to call it.
1: Well, it's I- my prerogative. I can do what I want to do.
2: It- <laughs> Gary's a singer now.
0: Well, he's a-, get a, Ray Charles. a singer.
1: He's a singer. You know, do do you see, Alan? Do you expect him to switch parties uh, before the before the next uh, before the midterm election?
0: He should switch parties at the rate he's going. I mean, but he, do you
1: expect him to? Do you expect him to?
0: No, I think he's going to stay a uh, Democrat because he will get elected again. Uh, I, I don't see I don't see any issue with that. He will get elected again uh and you know he here's a guy well fortunately he hasn't decided whether he's gonna run or not hopefully he yeah. doesn't. but uh we'll see how that plays out but no i don't think he's gonna switch i think he's gonna stay there and he will continue to screw the uh, democrats because he he can you know he's on a power trip as far as i'm concerned and uh he's just wrong period So, you know. Anyway, let's let's get back to the infrastructure. Um, You talked about rail justice, and uh, I've been on high speed rail uh, in uh, Italy, and I tell you, it is it is fantastic. I would love to see the day, of course, it takes so long to put it together. I doubt if I'm going to be around when it does happen. And if I am, I'll be so old that someone will have to take my wheelchair and wheel me up a ramp to get on it. But um, high speed. I got you, Alan. I got you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. High speed rail is fantastic. And I've been waiting for years, like 20 years for them to, for for, for high-speed rail. And, and to me, that that's one of the most important things to talk about railroads. High-speed rail to, is crucial to this country. And I'll, I'll tell you another way that is crucial. I mean, airfare in my mind, I mean, uh, you know, the, the air industry has always been the worst business model I've ever seen. And I think high-speed trains will uh, put a dent in that. and And also I'll tell you,
2: and you know just Alan, that's just one piece of the of the puzzle and we can get to that down the road uh but that's just a small piece of 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 the plan and we're a long way from getting where, to where Europe is in in Asia so I mean I know we're
0: a long way from it that was my point yeah so
1: I like trains <laughs> <laughs> I, I I yeah it's I, I think part of that long road that that both you guys are saying is that there's a, there's some racial components with that. Uh, there are a lot of communities that don't want trains of e whether it's high speed or just the regular regular train. They don't want them in their communities because that's their way they believe to keep other people out. So we still have a lot of other problems this country needs to solve before we can even, I think, truly be able to tap into that kind of technology.
0: Well, I guess then uh, I would never ride on a high-speed train here in the USA. No. Well, folks, I think that's it for this episode of Not Angry Black Men, but we always do a segment called Just a Minute, where each of us takes a minute and talk about whatever we want to talk about with no interruption. So I'm going to go first today. I don't usually do that, but I am this time. Yes, you, do. you know... I saw a report on uh, NBC Nightly News uh, recently about how police officers are quitting because they're demoralized by the public attacks since the George Floyd murder. Well, I can't really say I'm sorry for them. They've been abusing black folks for decades. And even though the majority didn't, very few did anything to stop it. You've seen military movies where during training, one person screws up and everyone gets punished. If someone gets tired, a group of people gets tired of what's happening, then you do something about it. The same goes for cops. If One of your colleagues brutalizes or murders someone, every other cop needs to be on the side of right, not on the side of the bad cop. If you don't, that makes you a bad cop too. That's because bad cop behavior in one part of the country, such as maybe in Minneapolis, can impact a cop in another part of the country, thousands of miles away, such as Portland, Oregon. Cops can fix themselves if they stop tolerating bad, deadly, and criminal behavior by their own. Who wants to go next?
1: Justice?
2: I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with this name, Anna Morgan Lloyd. Uh, She was the first woman, uh, first person convicted and sentenced in the January 6th insurrection. A federal judge slapped Morgan Lloyd with probation and fined her $500. And of course, which is always the case, they threw in 120 hours of community service. But that's what a person gets for shoplifting, isn't it? I'm stunned by the fact that and we've talked about this on this podcast before, uh, how we continue to talk about this as a riot. This was treason. And until we come to grips with what we had in front of us on January 6th, we'll continue to see sentences like this where people come in front of the judge, apologize, said that they were misled. They didn't mean to do it. But there's no way you walk away from treason. There's just none. And anybody who... Allows that to happen is doing this country a disservice. We have to punish as harshly as we can anybody who's, who, is, who is found guilty of being a part of that insurrection. Now, I'm not saying in her case, because she admitted wrongdoing, that we throw away and lock, uh, throw her, uh, throw, uh, lock her up and throw away the key, to use a cliche. But I'm saying you don't let her walk away with probation. I don't care what your reason is. She needs to do jail time because people have done jail time for a lot less than that. Gary, falls in your court.
1: Absolutely. I want to talk about General Mark uh, Miley who uh, spoke at a, a House Armed Services Committee on the Hill uh, recently and was asked some questions that weren't expected about uh, critical race theory. And we're, I think in this country, we're accustomed to members of the military being apolitical, not taking a stand. So I thought it was, it was interesting, if not even refreshing, uh, for the general to speak, to speak on the subject. And I'm going to read part of what he said. Uh, I do think it's important for those of us in the military to be open-minded and to be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. And it is important that we train and understand and I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. Again, I thought it was really refreshing for um, a uh, leader in the U.S. military to take a stand to um, to shine a light a, I, I would argue an unbiased light on, uh, on a subject like this bravo
0: alright folks well thank you for enjoying another episode of Not Angry Black Men we'll be back with you next week my name is Alan Witt uh, I'm here with my good buddies Justice B. Hill and uh, Gary Eswick so we'll see you next week folks Thanks for joining us. Take care, guys.